Hello, 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 everyone. This is Siri back again with He Said, Pour It Out podcast. So if you have been following me, then you heard on Sunday that we have started our 10-day fast. And during the course of the fast, I will be interviewing someone from my church. And tonight, was to start off, our join will be Elder Kimani Jeffrey. So, hi, Kimani. So, I'm going to start off with asking a question, and feel free to interrupt or interject, whatever you want to do. This is um, not a script podcast. Um, as you know, we allow the spirit to take control, to lead, to lead us. And so wherever he ch- leads you, please feel free to follow and listen to the spirit, um, which that's our topic. But I want you to be obedient to the spirit. So my question for tonight is, so what advice can you give to those who this may be their first time fasting, whether it's the Daniel fast or the water fast. That's what I did. Hello, hello. How's it going, Prophet Siri? Um, well, one, I want to thank you for having me on. Um, appreciate this opportunity. When it comes to uh, fasting and this, I want to give some practical tips. Sometimes we get so over-spiritual that we don't even talk about the practical things. So one, um, I think in preparing to fast, there's some practical things that you can do, such as, um, I think a lot of times people make the mistake of going out with a big bang, <clears throat> going out with a big bang. And when I say that, I mean, um, kind of the last week before they're going into a fast, they might just pig out, you know? <laughs> and I think that's the opposite. I think that's the, probably the opposite of what we should do. I think it's uh, better to start to wind down on eating because uh, just, just, you know, our anatomy, your stomach starts to shrink the less you eat. And, you know, if you give yourself a good head start, <clears throat> once you get into the fast, you'll have less of a, you know, a yearning to eat. I'm not saying that it won't still be, you know, have some challenges, but it won't be, you know, this raging sort of appetite. So that's one thing. Another thing is uh, I think people, it's helpful to go to sleep early um, and pray, you know, sleep and pray earlier than you might usually do. Instead of staying up until midnight or one o'clock, try to get to bed about nine, 10 o'clock, you know, depending on your schedule. And then also uh, <clears throat> just clean out your house, get rid of some of the food. I think a lot of times, you know, I've, I've had successes, successful fasts, and I've had, um, what I looked at is bad fast. Um, I don't think, you know, even if we mess up or get off track, I think it's still good. I think we'll just get right back on, on track with what we're doing. If you messed up one day, get back on it. Um, just ask the Lord to, you know, have patience with you and to help you and for his strength, because that's really all we can do. Um, we lean on him for everything anyway. But um, one thing we can do is get rid of some of the food especially the snacks and things like that, that, you know, that, that call your name in the midnight, the midnight hour ahead of the fast, because a lot of times we, we, um, we kind of just binge eat or, you know, kind of on a whim because you see it, you eat it, 
So if you get rid of some of those things, you won't have that temptation right in your face. Even Jesus went, went into the wilderness, I think, because he was trying to get away from everything, as much temptation as possible. Um, and that was one of the reasons that he went into the wilderness, I believe, to fast. So those are just some practical things. Um, I hope that answers part of your question. I know you want to get into the spiritual side of it as well. Um, yeah. Um, thank you. So in getting into some of the spiritual aspect of fasting, one, I think we need to know what, why we fast in the first place. If we don't know the reason for a thing. We're, we're, we're bound to abuse it. So if we don't know the reason we're fasting. We, we're going to fail, you know? So, but if we know the purpose or then it's going to inspire us, encourage us to hang on even longer. And so, um, I just touch on this, um, briefly feel free to interject at any time, but the model for everything is Jesus, right? And Jesus demonstrated in Matthew four and one, the Bible talks about how Jesus went into the wilderness. Um, actually the Holy spirit led Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. So Jesus went into the wilderness. That's when he began his fast. <clears throat> and the Bible says the Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Now that's interesting to me um, that the Holy Spirit, while Jesus was fasting, the Holy Spirit took him. So sometimes, you know, I think it's some things we're going to run into while we're fasting. Um, and it's just a process we have to go through. Um, and the, t the devil is going to come in a few ways while we're fasting. Um, and it's the ways that he came at Jesus. Now, I think it's three types of temptations. One is going to be the lust of the flesh. One is going to be the lust of the eyes. And one is going to be the pride of life. The one that a lot of times we don't even get past is the lust of the flesh. When uh, the devil came to Jesus, he tempted him with bread. He tempted him with go ahead and eat something, you know, <laughs> go ahead and, and get that meal in. And um, obviously we know Jesus denied it. He said, man, can I live by bread alone, by, by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. Um, but that bread is not only, it's not only food, but it's, you know, that lust of the flesh boils down to physical pleasure. Um, those things in, the, in and of themselves aren't necessarily bad. But when we're out of alignment with God, they can be bad. And so, for instance, we all know we all have to eat. Um, but, you know, gluttony can be bad for us, you know, when we just pig out all the time. And, you know, we we get bigger than we're supposed to be. Um, drugs can help us, but we also know abusing drugs can be bad for us. So that's what that lust of the flesh is. And that's what the devil tempted Jesus with. And so that's one of the main things we're going to be tempted with as we fast. Um, then there's the lust of the eyes. You know, uh, Satan offered Jesus the kingdoms of this world. And basically what that boils down to is, you know, uh, coveting things that we want, everything we see. My dad used to say, your eyes are bigger than your stomach. Like, I just want something as I see it, you know. And that's how we are with a lot of things in life. We want that house because somebody else has it. We want that car because my neighbor has it. We want this and we want that because we saw it on TV. This celebrity has it. And that's the lust of the eyes. Um, and we never can be fulfilled with what God has for us as long as we are lusting with our eyes 
and seeking after everything in this world. Now, the, 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 the question is, what does God have for us and what is going to help us serve our purpose for being on this earth? And that's what Satan tempted Jesus with. He said, I'll give you all of these kingdoms of the world if you bow down to me. And I think that's what we see, you know, in this world system. A lot of times people have bowed down to receive a lot of things they have. That doesn't mean that everybody who prospers has bowed down to Satan, but that's one of the temptations. So as we go through our fast, there's things that come to our mind, things that we, you know, that our eyes are lusting after that we have to be um, prepared to cast down. And then lastly, it's the, the pride of life. Satan came to Jesus and he said, um, if you jump off of this pinnacle at the temple, you know, the angels will come and pick you up. And Jesus, we all know Jesus is God in the flesh. He could have been like, yeah, why, why do we do this? Watch this. And really like, that's the pride of life. Like he tempted him with that, that, um, you know, you had the power to do it, to do it. But the thing was, Jesus had the power to do it, but that wasn't his purpose. It wasn't his time to do that. And sometimes we do things just to show people how much power we have, just to show them how much money we have. And it's really all about our glory and looking at us and what we can do and what we have and all of these things. And so I say all of that to say these are the different areas where we get attacked mentally, physically, and all of these ways because the enemy tries to come just as he did with Jesus. He comes to attack us, especially when we're fasting um, in these these areas. And um, even just in, in, in the secular world, stop me if I'm talking too much. Uh, even, okay. Even in the secular arenas, like there, if, if anybody ever took a psychology class, like intro level psychology, or even just you may have seen something like this on TV, there's a, a psychologist that a lot of people know called Abram uh, Maslow. And you probably heard of the Maslow hierarchy of need. And I used to, I used to ask, I was asking God this actually not long ago. He actually just kind of revealed this to me in the last year or so. <clears throat> Why is fasting necessary? Cause you know, Jesus said, uh, certain types of unbelief go out only by prayer and fasting. Why, why fasting? I always wondered that. And it was, it was as though the Lord was showing me even not long ago that, um, you know, when you look at the Maslow hierarchy of needs, he breaks it down into five categories. The first is physiological need. Everybody needs food, they need shelter, sleep, clothing, our bodies desire sex. Um, the second category is safety needs. Everybody wants security, resources, health, property. Then thirdly, uh, people want love and belonging. So that's the third stage of needs. Um, everybody wants friends and intimacy. Then the fourth is esteem. People want to be respected. They want self-esteem. They want to have self-esteem, recognition. And then the last is self-actualization, meaning people desire to be something, to have a purpose in life. So I, as I was asking God, why is fasting necessary? This is kind of what he showed me. Like I knew the spiritual response to that. But even in the natural, our first, our first set of needs is the physiological need. It's at the base. When they show that pyramid of the needs that we have, psychological needs we have, 
that's at the base. And the way he was showing me is that he has to sort of destroy that base set of needs for food <laughs> to be able to rebuild us. Because we come into this world and we're, we're, we come into this world and the Bible says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by renewing of your mind in Romans 12. And so we've built this, who we are by the world standards, by the world system. And when we're fasting, he's sort of breaking that whole hierarchy down and he's starting at the most basic needs, which is that physiological need for food. And if he can break that need for food, our dependence on that, it allows that whole structure to come down so that he can rebuild us. Um, even in first, second Corinthians, it says, uh, we, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. It says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. And what that's showing me is that it's a war between our flesh and things of the spirit. And you can look at it, our flesh is like a fortress. It's like a castle. It's fortified. <laughs> and it's been built up with all of the things we've been doing our whole life, our whole way of thinking, our whole way of doing things, all the things we've been taught by this world system, which is a satanic system. And that's what we've built up. That's what our flesh is built up of. And for God to really rebuild us, he first has to destroy that. He has to um topple that so that he can really take hold of us um and the bible always talks about strongholds that's what a stronghold is it's like we've been have a fortress that's protected by this flesh there's a, a moat <laughs> we got you know it is walls built up around it um you know when in the in the old movies when when they would attack a castle they had to first what is the first thing that they did when they attacked the castle, because the castle or the fortress is so fortified, the walls were high, it had water around it. They first would siege the castle. What did they do when they siege the castle? They cut off the food supply. Because <laughs> if you cut off the food supply, you can cause your enemy or you can cause what you're trying to attack to become weakened. I believe that's what God wants when we fast is causing our flesh, which is in a war between what our spirit is causing it to be weakened so that the spirit can flood in and attack. And then it can heal yourself. Anytime something is cut off in, in spiritual matters, you have to feel that void. Um, and what we fill that void with, you know, when we cut off the eating, we have to fill it with the word of God. We have to fill it with songs and spiritual hymns. We have to fill it with prayer. Um, all of those things help take the edge off of putting all of the focus on what we're not taking in. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll leave it. Void with things of the spirit, which I mean, by that I mean praying, reading the word, um, again, worshiping. Without doing those things, you're just on the diet. <laughs> and it's not going to be beneficial. It might benefit your body possibly, but it's not going to benefit 
your spirit matter. And the whole point of doing this fast is again, our flesh has been our flesh has become a beast. If we're in the weight room, our flesh is like Arnold Schwarzenegger and our spirit man is like uh who whatever the wimpiest guy you could think of sometimes that's how that's that's the state of our spirit man sometimes and so the whole purpose is to cut off feeding our fleshly nature with all of its desires and to begin to build up our spirit man so we could stop building up our fleshly man but he's just going to become weak and we still have a weak spirit man but the whole purpose is to cut off the source of the empowerment or energy from our flesh and to empower instead our spirit so that he can become stronger and now gain authority over our fleshly nature. So if we're not doing that, he still is going to remain weak. But if we cut off the source of the strength of our flesh and feed our spirit, man, that's when we're going to start to see and be able to have more capacity to understand spiritual things um, be able to hear more clearly from God. I always like to equate it to like a, a radio signal or these days, the, uh, internet signal, Wi-Fi signal, the radio is always going. The internet or the Wi-Fi is always on our packet. Our internet package might be off <laughs> or our radio might be off in our car, but the signal is going no matter what, what fasting does is allow our signal to become stronger. The waves are already there. It's messages going back and forth. God, one person said, God speaks a thousand different ways every single day. It's just a matter of if we're tapped in, if we're tuned in to the right signal. And so a lot of times our flesh is so strong that it's clouding that, it's blocking that signal out. And we hear stuff fuzzy, you know, fuzzily, or, you know, we hear the static. You know, when you're changing the radio station, you hear the static and all of that. Well, as we begin to build our spirit, man, and cut off the, the strength of the, the fleshly man, the fleshly nature, we begin to hear clearer and clearer. It's like we're tuning in on that radio dial or the Wi-Fi. Our Wi-Fi signal goes from one bar to five bars as our spirit man gets stronger. And now, all of a sudden, we can hear God more clearly. It's not that he wasn't speaking, it's that we're now tuning in. So that's another thing I wanted to touch on. Um, this is not, we're not like hurting ourselves to get God's attention. No, this is something we're doing to build our spirit man up so that we can tap into what God is already doing. God doesn't give us brownie points for, you know, uh, doing, you know, not eating and that, you know, we, we look righteous because we're not eating. No, that's not what it what it is. Is that he's already given us access. It's just a matter of us taking advantage of the access he's already given by building our own inner man up or spirit man to be able to hear with us as the Lord. There's a difference. Last thing I'll say is uh fasting, as much as our flesh hates to do it. It's one of the most significant things we can do. When you've run into a brick wall, when you've run into a barrier where it feels like you're stuck, this is one of the best things you could do. Jesus said these types, and I believe he was referring to in the scripture, unbelief. He said these types of unbelief go out by only through prayer 
and fasting. When the man brought um, his son who had demon to the disciples, they couldn't cast the demon out. Jesus said it was a matter of unbelief. And the only way to get that unbelief out, really unbelief is the only thing that keeps us from God. That's why Jesus rebuked it so, so heavily, because that's what keeps us from what we already have access to. It's not that he isn't giving it to us, it's that our unbelief is holding us back from receiving what it is that he has for us. And so fasting allows us to get past that roadblock, get past that barrier. As much as we hate it, our body hates it, it's necessary because it allows our spirit man to grow and to get from one point to another level. And so I'll just say this and I'll close, but I've seen, you know, you, you guys have probably seen people that have been on their sick bed or, um, been on a forced fast. I've seen people who have been forced to fast, meaning they, their body, because they were sick or something or afflicted, they could not eat. And when they applied the spiritual part of it by uh, prayer and, and being in the word and worshiping, I've seen those people have some of the greatest spiritual experiences where they're seeing things from God. They're, they're hearing things from God more clearly um, I had a friend who was, uh, he had cancer and God eventually healed him from cancer. But while he was on the sick bed, he could not eat anything. And I'm talking about 20 days at a time, 20 something days, close to 30 days at a time. And at one point he was almost an atheist, but through these, these experiences, he was forced to fast, meaning his body could not take anything. And I was, you know, People were sending him spirit, you know, spiritual things to read and listen to and this and that. And he tells me about some of the most vivid visions he had, some of the most, uh, some of the most clarity he had with God speaking to him and giving him the vision for his life. And now from going from almost being an atheist and non-believer to now all he talks about is Christ and Jesus healed him. That's, that's another, that's another story we'll talk about another day, but Jesus healed him. And now that's all he talks about. But the thing that sticks out to me is that during that fast, even though it was forced, he didn't have any, any choice, but he did apply, you know, listening to the word, worshiping, you know, listen to spiritual songs and hymns. All of that uh, opened him up to the spirit realm where he saw it more clear than I believe people, some people that have been in church for years. Um, and this is somebody that was an unbeliever, but it opened him up because he cut off the food, even, uh, you know, if I'm willing, but he also turned on the things of the spirit to be able to hear from God. So, um, not only that, in my own experiences, the best clarity I've ever had, the best, um, sort of times I've ever had in the spirit is when, you know, following fast, following some sort of sacrifice. The fire of God always falls on sacrifice. I'll leave it there. <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, again, I appreciate this opportunity to be on tonight. Um, so let us say a word of prayer. Father, we just thank you, Lord. We thank you for this opportunity. We thank you for prophesying, for having this idea, Lord, for you giving our witty ideas on how to reach people, how to minister to people. Lord, even over the airwaves. So we just ask that you bless this podcast and continue to show her where you will have her to go. 
bless that you bless everybody under the sound of my voice that's on this fast, Lord. Even people who may not have uh, planned to do this, that are deciding right now that they're going to enter into this fast and be in covenant uh, relationship with us during this fast, and that they're going to be looking for a breakthrough in their life. And so right now, Lord, we pray for all of the speakers as we go through these 10 days, that they will all be blessed, that they will bring revelation knowledge to be able to help people through what we are in endeavoring right now. And we just continue to give you praise and glory, Lord. You alone are worthy. And we thank you for the opportunity to serve you, to come into communion with you and to be able to minister to you. Allow us to be able to minister to you during this fast, Lord, that our worship and our praise and our prayers will come before your throne and we come boldly and we do that in the name of Jesus. And we thank you in Jesus' name, amen. Amen.